Chapter Seven: The Mines. Curdie went home whistling. He resolved to say nothing about the princess for fear of getting the nurse into trouble. For while he enjoyed teasing her because of her absurdity, he was careful not to do her any harm. He saw no more of the goblins and was soon fast asleep in his bed. He woke in the middle of the night and thought he heard curious noises outside. He sat up and listened. Then got up and, opening the door very quietly, went out. When he peeped round the corner, he saw under his own window a group of stumpy creatures, whom he at once recognized by their shape. Hardly, however, had he begun his one, two, three, when they broke asunder, scurried away, and were out of sight. He returned laughing, got into bed again, and was fast asleep in a moment. Reflecting a little over the matter in the morning, he came to the conclusion that, as nothing of the kind had ever happened before, they must be annoyed with him for interfering to protect the princess. By the time he was dressed, however, he was thinking of something quite different, for he did not value the enmity of the goblins in the least. As soon as they had had breakfast, he set off with his father for the mine. They entered the hill by a natural opening under a huge rock, where a little stream rushed out. They followed its course for a few yards, when the passage took a turn and sloped steeply into the heart of the hill. With many angles and windings and branchings off, and sometimes with steps where it came upon a natural gulf, it led them deep into the hill before they arrived at the place where they were at present, digging out the precious ore. This was of various kinds, for the mountain was very rich in the better sorts of metals. With flint and steel and tinderbox, they lighted their lamps, then fixed them on their heads. And were soon hard at work with their pickaxes and shovels and hammers. Father and son were at work near each other, but not in the same gang. The passages out of which the ore was dug they called gangs, for when the load or vein of ore was small, one miner would have to dig away alone in a passage no bigger than gave him just room to work. Sometimes in uncomfortable, cramped positions. If they stopped for a moment, they could hear everywhere around them, some nearer, some farther off, the sounds of their companions burrowing away in all directions in the inside of the great mountain. Some boring holes in the rock in order to blow it up with gunpowder, others shoveling the broken ore into baskets to be carried to the mouth of the mine, others hitting away with their pickaxes. Sometimes. If the miner was in a very lonely part, he would hear only a tap tapping, no louder than of a woodpecker, for the sound would come from a great distance off through the solid mountain rock. The work was hard at best, for it is very warm underground, but it was not particularly unpleasant, and some of the miners, when they wanted to earn a little more money for a particular purpose, would stop behind the rest and work all night. But you could not tell night from day down there, except from feeling tired and sleepy, for no light of the sun ever came into those gloomy regions. Some who had thus remained behind during the night, although certain there were none of their companions at work, 
would declare the next morning that they heard, every time they halted for a moment to take breath, a tap-tapping all about them, as if the mountain were then more full of miners than ever it was during the day. And some, in consequence, would never stay overnight, for all knew those were the sounds of the goblins. They worked only at night, for the miners' night was the goblins' day.' 